Welcome to another episode of Mic'd Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid-America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? 2022 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. And the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at MidAmericaRV.com. Welcome in. Happy Friday or Friday Junior, depending on when you are listening to this thing. A very exciting day for myself. And if you check the title of the, tel- of the show here, real football starts now. Week zero was fun. The preseason was great. I'm watching actual good competitive football. No offense to our Nebraska or Northwestern fans. This is this feels real. You've got multiple games on. They're good. You've got some talented players even. This feels like the start of football season. Oh, it absolutely does. And the fact that the great state of Kansas has legalized sports betting starting today, September 1st. We've talked about it for months now. We're just going to make the trip over to Galena, hit up the old Dairy Queen that's right there, and then just place our bets. That started tonight for me. Between you and Matt, I mean, I don't know if the city of Galena is going to be able to handle the influx of people that are traveling there. I don't think they realize what's coming. I still, like I said it on the podcast, should have gotten in communication, should have communicated with the strip club out there. I just, I think that that was a good opportunity. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not too late. I mean, maybe we ought to send him a message. Like tonight, can you imagine being out there, being able to bet in Kansas? And for us, a lot of us maybe are confused. Like, you guys live in Missouri. What are you talking about? The Kansas state line is 10 minutes from where we're sitting, if Mm -hmm. that. It might actually be closer. So it is kind of a big deal for people around our area. And, you know, if you're in the state of Kansas, too, uh, that you're able to bet for the first time. I don't understand just laws and politics. I can't say it right here where I am right now. I cannot put money on a game. I can't do it. But I can drive my ass 10 minutes, and then it's okay. Yeah, I feel bad for the people that live in the middle of the state. The fact that we even have state lines. Let's just get weird to start the show. <laughs> the fact that we have state lines, and you have a government body that's like, no, here in between this, you can't do that. But, yeah, go over 10 minutes. <laughs> do whatever you want. Yeah. Same thing with like buying weed. You know, like people right. in Kansas are like, fuck, I can go over to Colorado right here and smoke it and I'm good. But as soon as I walk back home, I'm in trouble. Mm-hmm. It's, All right. It's just weird that this is what we've grown into as a society. And that us being in Missouri, one of the last states that will be like, yeah, it's fine. You can do it. You can't even smoke weed recreationally. <laughs> See what happens in November. Voter turnout probably going to be at an all time high. But. We're talking football. Speaking of Colorado, big news today. Russell Wilson signs an extension with the Denver Broncos. This is one that, um, honestly, I kind of expected to happen earlier, and then I just kind of forgot about it. I mean, when he was first traded, I thought they would announce some kind of a contract shortly after, but they get one worked out. He's going to sign a five-year extension, Russell Wilson is, for $245 million. $165 million of those dollars are guaranteed. That's the third most in the NFL uh, behind Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, and his $49 million per year is going to make him the second highest paid player in the NFL, only behind Aaron Rodgers, who still did not want $50 million. <laughs> He just got it. Uh, I'll tell you, I don't know how you're feeling about this one, big country. I think this is a risky move. 
I that's actually where I was going to go with it. So I'm glad you said it because we've not seen this guy play a single down of football for the Denver Broncos in a regular season game yet. And I'm not saying it's a bad decision, but like going and getting Russell Wilson, that's great. You love it. Russell Wilson's a good quarterback. First losing season as a starter was last year in Seattle. But at the same time, it's like, man, you're coming to Denver, and it's like, we have not seen this yet. Now, if it works out, we're not going to be questioning it, you know, come next January, February, depending on how their season goes. I think over the next couple of years, you're probably fine. Or if you're a Broncos fan, you're probably celebrating it today. And I'm not going to take the wind out of your sails on that one. You should be happy you've got a quarterback in there that is going to be pretty good. I don't know if he's going to be $49 million good, but it's also one of those things where you just you kind of had to pay him. You know, even some of these other young quarterbacks. Hell, uh, Kirk Cousins is making a shitload of money. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, to pay Russell Wilson, make him the second highest paid quarterback, we'll see how long that lasts. I even already saw Lamar Jackson tweeting a little bit about it. So, uh, that's just, he's got to be due soon. I feel like every time one of these quarterbacks get paid, it's like, all right, when is it going to happen? We are a week away from the NFL season. Mm-hmm. And most guys, once they get to the NFL season, the start of the season, they cut off negotiations. Yep. And that was Lamar Jackson's plan. He's already said that. Mm -hmm. I do wonder. I think a lot of times with guys, it's like they're just saying that. Yeah. There's a lot of bark, not a lot of bite to that. It's like, wait, (laughs) it's week two, and you came with the exact deal I want, but I said I'm not going to do that, so now I'm going to sign. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Or, like, I think this situation is a little different with Lamar Jackson because of his mom, who is his Mm -hmm. acting agent. But, you know, even his mom or – I, I assume that it's still his mom that's doing these negotiations. I don't know if it's Lamar Jackson himself, but maybe you know they don't act like some of the traditional agents do. Of hey, once the season starts, we cut off all talks. We don't yeah. worry about it because I, I do know he he did kind of come out and say that. But I wonder if they'll stick to it or if if they'll have those negotiations during the season. I wonder if it's just like okay, let's do this at the beginning of the season. Like okay, like hey, the first couple of weeks, like let's we can lean into it a little bit. But like once we hit week four or five. I'm done. Let's just focus on here and get with it. But even if you're Lamar Jackson right now and you're seeing this, do you look at it as like, why the heck do I not have a deal signed yet? Or is that, a, okay, hey, this is, this is actually kind of helping me. Now I get to throw this in on the, the discussions. This is what I want. This is what I deserve. This is what I should be paid. And Baltimore's like, golly, like, hey, can you guys just stop signing quarterbacks here so we can get this figured out and stop costing us more money? Yeah, it, it might be one of those things, too. Like, if you're the Ravens, it's like, damn, we were close. Like, we were going to get him in for like 47, 48, and now Russell Wilson's at 49. Like he really wants to be the second highest paid quarterback or, you know, something like that. It could, it could be a setback for the Ravens. But I, I don't know what will happen with him. I could see Lamar Jackson betting on himself. I mean, like if the deal's not there, mm-hmm. I'm not going to take it. Uh, another quarterback that we had to have um, some contract news over was Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, been waiting for it, finally got it. He's staying in San Francisco. I don't understand why. If I'm Jimmy Garoppolo or his agent, if I'm his agent, I'm pissed. Like I might consider just dropping him altogether. Like you took, you're taking less money, man. I bought so many fucking condos, right? Like you realize they do. Like they have to pay you that money, even if you're cut and not playing anywhere. They're going to have to pay you that money. Make them cut you, and then be like, oh shit, we don't have a backup. Let's bring him back. Pay him again. (laughs) Why does he want to stay in San Francisco? I feel like the entire fan base has just completely shitted on him. Mm -hmm. Kyle Shannon is just like, hey, we got to run the ball because I can't trust this guy to throw it. Now, he is an accurate passer. You look at his numbers, the stats are going to back up. You know, a lot of people saying he's an accurate quarterback. He makes the right throws, yada, yada, yada. It's whatever. We watch the game. We see him get his teammates hurt. 
But again, if you're Jimmy Garoppolo, it's like, would you just much rather stay in San? Are you comfortable staying in San Francisco because maybe you think Trey Lance is not the answer? What you're seeing in practice is like, hey, they're kind of Kyle's kind of just forced to play his hand here and play Trey Lance because you know they yeah, maybe up he's to waiting get him. John for John Lynch kind of screwed him over, kind of fail. Yeah. Or you know the other situations in the league are not great. I I think they were actively trying to trade him, and they just weren't able to find any suitors. So maybe Garoppolo is thinking. Yeah, I'll stick around here. I know the offense, yeah. and if Trey Lance gets hurt, which he has had some injury issues or he doesn't play well, then I'll slide right in and I'll get my opportunity. I'll play well and I'll go somewhere else. So maybe he is looking at it as I have an opportunity to get my second contract. Mm-hmm. Or I, don't, I think that Garoppolo is going to be one of those guys that can stick around as a, as a backup. I think he's oh, going to ride sure. out the next two or three years as one of those almost like priority backups. Of like He'll get a job and like, Washington or something like that, where it's like, hey, we might have a guy get hurt and you can play here for a little bit. And then he's going to be that guy that's just like still hanging around on a roster for a long like time. Like the next Ryan Fitzpatrick almost. Just becomes a new bridge quarterback. Yeah. Someone's going to have to take over that role in the NFL. Might as well be him. Mm-hmm. But like you said, you know, maybe there's other spots or other positions. Not, actually, not other positions. Just other openings probably, in the NFL where you're just say like. quarterback. Like, I don't want to – yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to try to tie it in this week. I just – George makes it seem like it's really easy. It's my turn. Like, maybe you look at Seattle and you're like, ah, I don't want to go there. You look at the New York Giants. Like, I definitely do not want to go there and deal with that offensive line. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, Carolina. Maybe there's that. Or Cleveland. You just There's the other options or possibilities for you to go to another team to land with. It's like, ugh, I'd much rather just stay here. Like, I'm, I'm fine. Like, I'll just take yeah. my last money, stay in California, stay in San Francisco. I'm good. I do love the move for the 49ers. I, I think that was incredibly smart. You're paying him, I think it's like $6 million, mm-hmm. and he's going to be your backup quarterback. Like, that might even be, like, you know, that's good backup quarterback money, but the fact that you were able to get him to take a giant pay cut and you still have him on roster if, if things I do go that- south. Whatever the amount was, he's now the highest-paid backup quarterback in the league. So he's still, I mean, for his current position of backup quarterback, he's good. So I but. saw people say that the other day, too. Like, are we not considering Sam Darnold a backup quarterback? Because isn't he on, like, a fifth-year option? Uh, I forgot to look it up. Just, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I saw it, and I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. And then I immediately thought, like, wait, Sam Darnold should be getting paid. Yeah, third-year quarterback on his rookie deal. I mean, you're making pretty good money there. Yeah. But either way, uh, I think I think it's a very good move for the 49ers uh, to bring him back in. Yeah, Sam Darnold is making more money than he is this year. So, fact check Twitter is what I would definitely <laughs> fact or cap. <laughs> right, because like, I even pulled that. Now I am looking at the numbers. Sam Darnold is due to make uh, like $7 million this year, but it's a little bit more than Jimmy Garoppolo now. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't He's not in the highest paid backup. Boom roasted. Not everything you see on the internet is the truth. You know, I'm a, <laughs> yeah. I'm a prime example. Um, another <laughs> big move that I wanted to talk about, and this isn't just like, a, oh, I want to shit on the Las Vegas Raiders, but this week they cut their left, not their left tackle, their right tackle, Alex Leatherwood, who was a first-round draft pick in 2021. And at the time of this draft pick, a lot of people hated on it. Right? This was a reach. This was a bad pick. And I kind of defended him, honestly, a little bit. I was like, yeah, you got the two guys that you wanted out of this mm-hmm. draft. Like, they got Trevor Moring in the second round. A lot of people thought they should get him in the first round. And then Alex Leatherwood, uh, they thought, you know, should address the tackle position in the second round. And so they got those two positions. But it looked very bad very early for Alex Leatherwood, and that one baffles me. 
It, it really does. But the thing, too, is that he started every game last year for him. Mm-hmm. Like, he was a solidified, is he right tackle that would position he was playing yeah. for the Raiders? He started every game for him last year. And you come into this year, and it's like, never mind, you're gone. It, with him, it was just it was such just little, minute things that went so wrong for him. Uh, his, the number of false starts that he had mm-hmm. was ridiculous. And one of our friends that is a Raiders fan pointed it out to me. It's like, oh, if he can just fix that, I think he'll be fine. And it's weird because he never fixed it. Like, this dude had a problem jumping off sides <laughs> in the NFL. Yeah. And then the holding calls, he was constantly behind. So... It's just that draft, the whole John Gruden era, and there are a lot of rumors out there that people say John Gruden had control over the top end of the draft, like the first round, and then maybe even a lot of say in the second round. And then that's when um, Mayock took over in the later yeah. rounds. But just going back and looking at some of these drafts, even in you know 2021 already, Trevin Mowring, I to me, didn't play that well last year. Maybe he's you know still young, so he's got a chance. But you've already cut your first-round draft pick from that class. And then going back and looking at the 2020 draft class, oh. where they had two first-round picks. Yep. Neither one of them are in the league anymore. No, Henry I mean, Ruggs and Damon Arnett. Off-field issues. Mm-hmm. See you later. You're bouncing. Lynn Boyden, Jr. They traded him during training camp yep. and I, to Miami. I think that he got cut. I, if you follow me on Twitter, you yep. saw me complaining about – I have the tweet notifications on, as many people do. Uh-huh. It was ridiculous. Like I, it, I was. I don't so care about some it. of that stuff. Like yep. if Alex Leatherwood gets cut, tweet about it. Yep. And I get it; it's their job. I'm sure that there are followers that want to know this stuff. But like, even I saw one notification. Looked down, it's like the Kansas City Chiefs have cut, and it was like it was literally like their fifth string tight end, like yes. a guy that. No, not even their fifth. It was their sixth string tight end. It's like, why do we need a tweet about that? And, and that's thing, when I turned my notifications off for all those dudes. That's when I wish that we would send a message to, like, Ian Rappaport, Tom Pelissaro, Adam Schefter, like, hey, there's beat writers for those guys. You handle the big names. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, let no, those guys do their job. I agree with that one. And, I like, like, no fault to them. It was just annoying. It, like... Ari is another one. I, I love oh. following him. He's so quick to get everything out. No mistakes. Never has to delete anything. His notification comes through. Boom. I see it immediately. It's like, okay, cool. This is good to know. It was like, man, these are. this is just a ton mm-hmm. of tweets, my guy. But for me, it was, again, this is just like first world problems for me. It was not so much Schefter, but it was Tom Pelissaro. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, what's his name, Fowler at ESPN. It was yes. Ari. It was Rappaport. There are like five guys. It's like, I don't need five tweets for the same guy getting yeah. cut. Like, <laughs> how about you guys just create? Follow, follow. Like, <laughs> I can't have the notifications on for all of you. It's driving yeah. me insane. Hey, NFL Network, like, just have one tweet for your 17 <laughs> guys that report news uh. instead of all these tweets. But, yeah, like you said, and even, you know, keep going with that 2020 draft. Henry Ruggs, gone. Damon Arnett, gone. Lynn Bowden, never even played it down for them. In fact, I have the draft his- history pulled up from Raiders.com. It still has him listed at running back, which is hilarious. He never played it down there at running back either in his career. Uh, Brian Edwards, I think he's gone. Even. Is he really? Tanner Muse, gone. And John Simpson in the fourth round, I don't even know if he's there. Amik Robertson, is there anyone left from the 2020 draft class? I don't know. It keep going. Even. Edwards, 20, yeah, he's not there. Holy cow, I didn't know that. 2019. Cleveland Farrell, hand up. I like that pick. I like the player. I thought he was going to be good. He's not. So, Josh Jacobs, we'll see about him. I get, I'm still kind of high on him. 
but they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. Nope. And uh, they didn't for Clean Farrell either, and they didn't for Jonathan Abram. Those three first-rounders in 2019, yep. nothing. You got and nothing out of them. Second-round pick, Trayvon Mullen, gone. He's not there anymore either. I will highlight the fact that they did hit on Max Crosby. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was Looking good, at the rest of them, hey, uh, I, not, not good, though. I do struggle to give some of these guys, like, credit for hitting on, like, a fourth-rounder. Like, the Seahawks, yeah. when they drafted Russell Wilson in the third round, are like, man, we don't really need a quarterback, but we can't let this guy keep sliding. He's going to be special. Like, I, I give them credit for that. But even, like, the Cowboys, and I know I've talked about this one before, like, they wanted Paxton Lynch in the first round, mm-hmm. and they didn't get him. So when it came time to draft Dak Prescott, they were like, ah, shit. We need a quarterback. Let's take this guy with some upside. So throw it back just a second. You just mentioned Trayvon Mullen was no longer with the Raiders, and I'm like, wait, what? Yes, he is. They traded him two days ago. Mm-hmm. So I completely missed that trade and LaVisca Chenault to the Carolina Panthers. I saw that earlier this afternoon on Instagram, and I was like, why is LaVisca Chenault on the Panthers? What the fuck happened? Yeah. And it was like two days ago. I missed that amongst finding out the Chiefs had released their fifth-string tight end. Exactly. And I just – that's just two traits today that I'm now learning about. How do you feel about Josh Gordon, though? Damn. <laughs> I did see a tweet Mr. earlier Watson's today. Mr. Watson's taking over. Uh, about how, like, so many fan bases have been so excited about Josh Gordon now. Mm. He's pretty much conquered the whole uh, AFC. I don't think I'd talk to you. Yeah, he definitely has. I don't think I'd talk to you about it, but I had a lot of people ask me, like, hey, like, are you excited about Josh Gordon? I said, man, I really don't know how he's going to do, but the only thing that excites me is the fact that he's had an entire offseason to just train and focus on football. He's not having to find a way to get back in the NFL or dealing with you know, going to rehab or anything like that. He's just been able to focus on football. So if he makes the team, I don't know, maybe there's going to be something promising there. You get all the way through camp, it's like, oh, here's this young guy, Mr. Watson. He's a white dude, number 85. Dude balled out in the preseason. Did he he's make on the, the team? team? Yeah. Did he? That's good. A lot of people around here are very excited. I think he's going to be a special teamers guy, too. Oh, of course. 100%. He's going to be like a Byron Pringle. Yep. Like, maybe not the return aspect of it, but he's going to be like the fifth receiver yep. who's going to play some special teams. But people probably think I'm annoying for saying that all the time. Guys like Josh Gordon, and that's why I always question it. You're going to be the fifth receiver? Your ass better be on kickoff coverage. Yes. Yep. You can't afford to carry a guy or some of these veteran running backs, even uh, like a Le'Veon Bell when he got picked up by the Chiefs. Like, man, that roster spot that he has is running back three. That has to be a guy that plays special teams for And you. that's how I feel right now about Ronald Jones. Are you putting mm-hmm. Ronald Jones there? And now it's nice that Isaiah uh, Pacheco will get to be your kickoff returner. So, it's yeah, like, so okay, he, well, and that's I think fine. But. He might do some, like, gunner stuff on special teams. I, I think that he still has that willingness. I would not be surprised just based on the like one preseason game that I went to and the half of one that I watched. He's he got a lot of reps with that first string, but that's you know Isaiah the NFL, or Ronald uh, Pacheco. Yeah, mm-hmm. Ronald Jones. I just don't know if he's going to catch on. I don't think that he'll finish the season. I don't think so either with the Chiefs. Um, it also uh, getting to the chat uh, mayhem right now. This we talked about it. I opened the show and I'm like, this is real football. These are good players competitive game mm-hmm. shit show in Pittsburgh. Oh, right I'm now. fucking livid right now because I mentioned at the start of the show, went over to went over to Kansas, placed my bet. I'm, you call me Big Parlay, BP, you know what I mean? You guys have been calling me Big Country, BC, 
BP big parlay. Every bet that I make, I can't just do single games. I don't know why. I bet on one, and then I hit a second game, and I was like, ooh, I can make more money with that one. Fucking risk it for the biscuit. Let's go. It's only 10 bucks. I don't care. Have you ever hit on a no, parlay? No, I have not, and I That's just the keep thing hoping. With them, man. And with this, I think it was 52 and a half points. There's no way. 10 points and almost halftime. Yeah. It, it's just, like they said in the chat, absolute mayhem in Pittsburgh. It's just fumble after fumble, drop passes. It looks real sloppy. Usually you don't get that in college no. football. Usually, like the NFL, you'll get some sloppy play a little bit. It's been pretty bad so far today. Well, the one good play that we saw with the Pittsburgh receiver catching the ball over the middle, jukes about three guys, goes take two steps up the field, forgot the ball behind him. Okay, yeah. man, you might want hey, this. Hey, son, you're going to need that ball. <laughs> yeah. It's not a loaf of bread. Talk it. There are other great football games happening right now. Uh, if you're listening to this on a Thursday or maybe you're listening – uh, on Friday morning, we appreciate that one, too. Uh, also, people that will appreciate you are the people at Roper Kia. Go check them out. You'll appreciate them as well, appreciating you. And we appreciate that. Look at their inventory online. If they don't have the car of your dreams, they will help you find it. And if you mention us here at Mike Up, they're going to give you $1,000 off your nicer, newer ride. And everyone can appreciate that. Yep. And another thing you can appreciate is the great website at gunspot.com for all your gun and ammo needs. No reserved auctions every single week. And one of the best parts about the website is that there's no hidden fees when you go to checkout. So you don't even have to worry about it. Also, it's not a matter of if it is a matter of when you visit their website. So be sure to do so at gunspot.com. Before we do more college football picks and previewing this weekend, um, let's get to some basketball and baseball stuff. And honestly, I'm just going to make it quick because I'm excited to talk about college football. Thank God. (laughs) Um, If this boner doesn't go away in three hours, I'm going to have to go to the doctor. So let's get into it. Donovan Mitchell traded today and an exciting trade to the Cleveland Cavaliers. I love that the Cavs are making moves. They trade Lori Markkinen, um, Ochi Abaji, rookie from Kansas, Colin Sexton, and unprotected first-round picks in 25 27 and 29, so three unprotected first round picks, as well as two pick swaps in 26 and 28. The Cleveland Cavaliers not be drafting from 25 till 29. <laughs> and I, I tweeted this earlier today, but man, like the Jazz owned so many draft picks because they got one hell of a deal for Gobert. Yep. So now it's like the Rockets, the Thunder, and the Jazz own all the draft picks. Like, if you're not one of their fans, why even watch the NBA draft for the next seven years? I mean, legitimately, fantastic question. I think the Pelicans own a lot as well, um, just because of that trade with yeah. Anthony Davis to the Lakers. I just, I don't know. I almost feel bad for some of these guys. You think you got it figured out in Cleveland. Cleveland had some success last year. And all of a sudden, it's like, see you later. You are now going to Utah. Utah, beautiful mm-hmm. place to live. Salt Lake City is absolutely wonderful. I don't know how much better it is in Cleveland. I'm going to assume a lot if you like the views and the mountains. I would take Utah over Cleveland. I feel like that's never a been good to question Cleveland. for a lot of people. Would you rather have Cleveland and the city, or would you rather have Utah and the mountains? If just on destination alone, Utah, because I did go to Utah a couple summers ago, and I thought, it's Utah. Like Nobody mm-hmm. gives a shit about yep. Utah. I grew up in the Michael Jordan era. <laughs> it's beautiful, though. It is, it is. actually uh, even on that road trip of like the the West, not the Midwest, but not like the far West Coast, mm-hmm. like the Utah, Colorado, Nevada, like through that area is yeah. very pretty. It, it really is. Utah, the Orange Rock, love it. Sleeper state. 
I even a uh, long time ago when I was still married, my wife's aunt at the time was taking a vacation and she was getting ready to leave and we were doing like this family thing. She said, yeah, I'm headed out to Utah. Me and my ex-wife, wife at the time were like, Utah? <laughs> Where the fuck would you want to go to Utah? It's beautiful though. <laughs> Fast yeah. forward like 10 years. I'm like, all right, I can get it. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful state. As far as playing though, I like what the Cavs are building. Yeah. It, you know, they could have invested. I thought they might invest a lot of these picks and stuff to try to make a run at LeBron. Maybe I think it's a little bit telling that he signs his extension and then they're like, all right, we got to make another move. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if there's anything to that one or not, but I do like the fact that they added Donovan Mitchell. I think they gave up a lot to get him, yep. but this might make them players in the Eastern Conference. You know, that is pretty open. The Bucks are going to be good. The Sixers are going to be good. The Nets, maybe not. I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going on with them. I don't Celtics either. probably going to be good, but yeah. I do wonder how Jalen Brown's going to recover from another offseason of so many rumors. Yeah. So, you know, in three years, you might be looking at the Cavs of like, hey, we're the kings of the East over here. We're, we're dominated because you know, Jalen Brown, I would not be surprised if he put in a trade request next, like in a year. Just, yeah. like, you know, I'm tired of this stuff. Yep. Either, am let's, I here or am I not? Yeah, let's do one more run. Try to make a championship run with the group that we have, but I'm tired of being just strung along into this you might trade me, you might keep me stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if that happens. You know, if the Bucks are even able to build around Giannis or if, hell, if they even need to. And, you know, the 76ers, see what happens with James Harden. Is he going to be able to stay healthy? Is Embiid going to be able to stay healthy? So I do like the moves quite a bit for the Cavaliers. And in the NBA, these draft picks just don't really matter. Like Even if you have a top pick, you might – have a really, really bad draft where you can't get any good players. Yep. And looking at Cleveland now, you have Darius Garland as your point guard, Karius LeVert as a shooting guard, Donovan Mitchell as a point guard shooting guard, and then you're going to throw in Mobley at power forward and Jared Allen at center. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad little lineup right there. And especially with the success that you had last year, you move on from two of those guys and then you throw in Donovan Mitchell, yeah, you're probably pretty happy with that. Right. It's a and good I, day I to think- be a Cleveland Cavaliers fan. I think Mitchell can come in and be a leader on that team. Even, I just, of a group I root of young for guys. I root for him. I want to see him have success. Now, it sucks because it seemed like you were just so close in Utah and then you'd get to the playoffs and it just didn't pan out. It just didn't work. You guys just weren't able to score as efficiently and effectively as some of those other teams in the West, but you'd have a great regular season. And this is embarrassing, but I've got to throw you under the bus here. You forgot to mention they have Kevin Love as well. Oh, that's on me. That is that NBA is champion, Olympic gold medalist, mm. Kevin Love. You see the ultimate glow up stud. Yep, <laughs> Kevin Love. So he's there too. So I, I like the Cavs, and I do kind of find myself rooting for them too. I'm not a LeBron hater, but I do have some tendencies. <laughs> I would like to see them be successful without LeBron. But you know, yes. like even with the Bulls, I would like to see them be successful again. Post it's about Jordan. damn time. I mean, what are they doing? Like, at least with Cleveland, the first time, it was like, well, hey, you know, they're, they're trying to. They got Kyrie Irving. They just weren't able to get any other pieces. You draft Andrew Wiggins, boom, and then you immediately trade them away to get LeBron back. Makes sense. It worked out for you. But now even then, it's like, okay, hey, you're still working out with Chicago. It seems like just as you feel like you're getting closer and closer, it's like something bad happens. Yeah, I do think if Derrick Rose doesn't go down in those playoffs with that ACL injury against the Heat, they beat LeBron James and the Miami Heat, and they won an NBA Finals championship that year. They were that good. They were they were very good. Yeah. Derrick Rose is one of those all-time, like, what if. Yep. 
he was quickly becoming one of my favorite. He might have been my favorite player in the NBA at that time. It was a it was kind of one of those deals where I was younger and I was such a Heat fan and I loved Dwayne Wade. That was like I hadn't matured enough to be like, hey, you can have two favorite players in a sport. Like you don't just have to have one guy. Two of my biggest like what if guys are Bo Jackson and King Griffey Jr. Like those the like the question always it trends on Twitter like mm-hmm. at least once a year like if you could give an athlete. Uh, you know, a completely healthy career. Derrick Rose is up there. Yeah. I don't know if he's in the same tier as... I think he's my Griffey generation's and Bo Jackson. But he's up there. Mm-hmm. Did you see Bo Jackson play? Did you get to watch no, him? No, I, I don't have... I have memories of seeing it, but I think it was just like highlights of him. Yeah. As a baseball player, I remember him, but it, it was still hard to watch a baseball game. There, to find one. It's even more difficult then. <laughs> but I, I do remember being alive and people being like, oh, I'm going to the Royals game this weekend. I'm going to see Bo Jackson play. But, damn, I had to be like four years old. Dang. Mm-hmm. You got memories from four? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You have your first memories around um, two or three years old. So I guess I do remember watching I'm say, my parents if, if argue. If you don't, <laughs> I, I think there's some suggestions that you might have some trauma that you've blocked out. <laughs> Did you hear that answer? Yeah. yeah. I was watching my parents. Argue. I learned that, that was, in a that was psychology a class. <laughs> they were like, they tricked us. And they were like, when is your first memory? It was like a small group class. Like trying to get us all to remember our first memory. Like gave us all this time and stuff. And then I was like, I think mine was like when I was three years old, my mom used to babysit like other kids in the neighborhood. And I can remember that. And that was from when I was around three years old. And then like other people are like, I don't have any memories until like second grade. It's like we're all sharing and being open. It's such a shitty thing to do. We're all sharing and being open and not knowing why. And then the professor like hits these people with like, if you don't have any memories before like five, it's because you have trauma in your life that you've blocked out. And these people are just like super embarrassed. Oh, man. Well, you better spill the beans now because I'm interested. Right. So there was one girl in particular. Oh, it's like her life ended. She's just like... (laughs) You called me out. <laughs> I feel Asshole. bad because I'm like crying, laughing about it now. She was just mortified of like, yeah, I definitely know I have some trauma. You didn't have to tell everyone. <laughs> it's like, it's oh, Mr. Roasted. Perfect Childhood remembers everything from when he was three. He's helping his mom babysit and bullshit like that. I'm over here getting beat by my stepdad and I can't oh, remember no. anything. <laughs> it was so terrible. I, in the moment, I felt terrible for her. Whew. It's kind of funny to look back at it now. Though. Uh, yeah, anyway, first memories. I can remember a little bit of Bo Jackson. Um, not as a football player, though. Yeah. I remember playing uh, Tecmo Super Bowl, the video game, with him, and it being awesome. But even that was like a, it was an old version of the game that I was just yeah. playing. Um, but, yeah, Derrick Rose definitely up there. Uh, speaking of old guys, this Albert Pujols thing, it's got legs. 694 home runs. He's six away from 700. Got a month of baseball left. I think he can do it. I, I agree. I'm actually going to watch him play this weekend. They have the Cubs at home. I'm going to a game Saturday with my buddies from college. Uh, it's just a tradition we do. We try to go to a game at least every year. I'm pumped to, to see 
him get a home run because the game on Saturday, the starting pitcher is a lefty. So I know Albert's going to be playing. That's probably going to guarantee a home run. And I've already told my buddies now because we have standing room only tickets that we are standing in the outfield. And I'm not scared to run over kids to catch that ball. It's going to happen. If that ball is coming in my direction, I am mossing somebody. Or if someone else catches it, I am just fucking Ray Lewis in their ass right into that pavement, calling a fumble, picking it up and scoring, scoop and score right out of the stadium. And I said, I'll meet you boys at the car because I'm getting that baseball (laughs) if he hits a home run. The Cardinals have a full slate, a a full month of games. Uh, They're off tonight, September 1st. Mm -hmm. But they do have a game tomorrow where they start a series, uh, three-game series against the Cubs. They don't have a, a day off. Well, they play a doubleheader on the 17th, and then they have the 19th off. So they're, they're playing a full slate of 30 games, and then the season ends October 5th. So roughly 35 games left for him yep. to hit six home runs. I think the Cardinals need to be playing him every day. Oh, without a doubt. And we've seen him have some games where he's had you know two home runs as well. So mm-hmm. I think he's, there's a possibility he's doing that. I also think... Excuse me, my conspiracy theory on him juicing and the MLB just not questioning it is very true. Seeing some of the balls that he's hit as a home run lately just makes it almost like a guarantee. I've been tweeting a lot about it, and I think a lot of people that don't listen to the show are kind of telling on themselves that they don't because they're getting upset with me. Because like if I see Albert Pujols hit a home run, which now it's it's becoming one of those things where it's like a tracker, Mm -hmm. I'll tweet out like, juiced. Yep. I want him to be juiced. I want Major League Baseball to allow this. Let it happen. Let him get to 700. It's, it's good for baseball. Yep. And, now, it, and with this conspiracy theory, I don't ever want it to be confirmed. I just want to roll with it. I just want to tell people this is my theory, but look at it. We know it's true. Yeah. But I don't ever want him to be tested because as soon as they do that, and if it does come out that he has been, his legacy is tarnished. It's mm-hmm. over. There's no coming back from it. And I don't want that to happen. Yeah. It, right now, the Cardinals have a six-game lead on the Brewers in the division. They're going to get the wild card. Like even uh, the good people over at ESPN put like this playoff predictor on there. Ninety-seven percent that the Cardinals are going to make the playoffs. Oh, I thought that for a second that he was juice, and I was like, God damn, ESPN is going to put that vote out there. <laughs> they so they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, and you're going to make the playoffs even if Albert Pujols is going out there striking out four times. The possibility of him hitting a home run, I, it's like it's bigger than the playoffs this year for the Cardinals. It well, most definitely is. Like, let him do it. Let him play him every day. You have a DH. I don't care if it's a lefty or a righty, whatever it is. Let him chase it. You, you kind of owe him that after not paying him to stay there. <laughs> and then also a couple other guys hitting home runs. Aaron Judge already ran into 50 this year. Uh, I think that's another one to watch. Again, about 35 games left. We saw him go on a tear right before the All-Star break. I don't know if he's going to you know, flirt with any of these home run records, but I think we might see him hit 60, uh, which what is, is pretty impressive. What is the record, 66? Do you count Bonds of like 73? <laughs> he hit 73 in a season? I think that's the record. Holy Barry shit, Bond, 73. I didn't realize it was that high. Excuse me. Oh, he just annihilated the record. And then the very next season, everybody was like, yeah, we're not pitching to you, dude. You're just going <laughs> to have to walk every time. Yeah, he hit 73 home runs. Yep. 2001. So, I mean, just, Judge won't get anywhere close to that. But I, I do think that there is something special even about, like, 62, 63 home runs. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, it, it, 
we should kind of throw out those numbers of 73 or whatever. McGuire hit like 70 or what? Yeah, McGuire hit 70, Sammy Sosa hit 66 and 98. Mm-hmm. Mark McGuire had 65 and 99. It's, it's kind of weird. Maybe it's me being tuned out, but the Aaron Judge stuff, not really getting the attention. I mean, this is a New York Yankee. Yeah. There's 50 home runs. Well, I think it's because I just that's the only highlight right now. Like, I don't think the Yankees mm-hmm. are playing that well as a whole. Um, yeah. But then it's like you see – I'm trying to go with this with the Angels because watching those, like that battle there with like Aaron Judge hit a home run and then Shohei Otani comes in and like, he hits one dead center and Aaron Judge is like, okay, now I'm going to hit one dead center. It's like back-to-back-to-back nights of that. And then you got was it Shohei Otani and the and the Angels playing the Mets or I don't think it was the Mets excuse me but someone hit a 103 mile an hour sinker on him in, or a 100 mile an hour sinker and the look on his face is just priceless. I mean that's stupid. You shouldn't yeah. be able to throw a, a 100 mile an hour sinker dropping away to the right. It is yeah. the nastiest pitch I've yeah, ever seen. Yeah, you get on that, it's unhittable. Some of the sliders though that these guys are throwing. It's like they're throwing upper 90s sliders now. Just, or yeah, you, see, 90s, you, know? you see an 88-mile-an-hour slider, and you're like, what the fuck's going on? Mm-hmm. This thing's coming remember, at me and moving? I think it was Orlando Hernandez. It was like one of the first guys that I was aware of. of like, this guy's got an unhittable slider. He was a, a Yankee for a long time. Had that funky kind of delivery. I loved watching him. I think his slider at the time was sitting like 85, 86. And in the late 90s. It's like, man, this is unhittable. How are you yeah. supposed to hit a slider going this fast? How are you supposed to hit one going 96? Like, it's stupid. They've got to do something in baseball to change the mound. I don't know how what you do because Edwin Diaz hit 103 today. He had a 103 mile an hour fastball. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that was possible. And I, I have heard, uh, I, th- I don't know how credible it was, the, the radar guns are actually different now that where they can read it, the ball coming out of your hand. And so they're getting the read at its fastest at 103. And guys like Nolan Ryan were hitting like 96 at the plate. Ah. So, I, it, so it's that's, slowing down a little bit. I, again, I don't know how credible that is. I think it might have been a TikTok that I saw. But it does kind of make sense because you hear some of these people talk, and they're like, Nolan Ryan's the hardest throw I've ever seen in my life. But then you go look at you know, some of his games or his radar, and it's like, he's hitting 96. Like, How was he the hardest thrower? Was he... A deceptive with his release or like what was the deal radar gun technology has changed a, a little bit or you know even some of these guys that are like breaking track records maybe it's just more accurately timed <laughs> or maybe it's just cheating altogether <laughs> i don't know um shohei otani another guy in the news though hit his 30th home run he is the first player in major league baseball to hit 30 home runs and win 10 games again just pretty impressive what he's still able to do while playing on a very very bad baseball team and then tony la russa 77 year old tony la russa <laughs> out indefinitely uh he should be done he should be retired the white Sox should just say like hey tone get well man but like we brought your stuff from your locker here's your, everything from your desk keep the uniform don't even care just don't come back to work because he did an absolute shit show of a job this year with what was a pretty damn good roster it most definitely is. And you want to hear this crazy stat that I saw the other day. Uh, in 2022, the White Sox, uh, about five, four or five days ago this was posted, their current record at that time was 63 and 63, 500. The first half of 2022, 46 and 46, 500 record. The second half of 2022, they've been 17 and 17, 500 <laughs> record. The last 18,028 games since August 16th of 1906, they are 9,014 and 9,014. 
a 500 record. That is the Chicago White Sox. There's like some kind of Jeff Fisher joke in there about Tony La Russa. <laughs> yeah. it, I've never Ever liked since Tony he's La been Russa. alive. Even like the DUI stuff where he got pulled over and he's like, do you know who I am? I'm the Hall of Fame baseball guy. Yeah. Like, Shut up. Did you see the – I know I sent it to you on a, a Twitter DM, but a fan – would called out like Tony Lewis and was yes. like, "Hey, like, put a pinch runner in a second. He's like, yep. "Ooh, good idea," and like does it. It's like, man, you got fans telling you what to do. Yeah, because his old ass is asleep. But I also kind of like respect it that like, yeah, okay, hey, actually, good call. I'll, I'm gonna do that. Yeah. I mean, there are yeah some guys that would sit on and be like, you start listening to the crowd, you start sitting with them. <laughs> yeah. But also when that, it's like a very obvious call of like, hey. uh Put the fast guy on second. <laughs> like, let's do that. Yeah, I, I bet Tony LaRusso like woke up from a slumber and was like, "Yeah, yeah, I, I was going to do that too." I yeah, what happened? I'm old. I'm half asleep, half dead. Uh, but yeah, Tony LaRusso. I'm just not a fan of him. I hope he doesn't come back. Or you know, as a Royals fan, maybe he does come back and they continue to just be terrible. But so are the Royals. I'll tell you who's not terrible. Club 609, Ooh. home of the best happy hour in the world right here in Joplin, Missouri, with some delicious appetizers to go along with that. Happy hour from 11 a.m. until 8 p.m. on Saturdays, uh, 2 p.m. till 8 p.m. on the regularly scheduled days. Definitely hop in there again. Two-for-one drink specials means two drinks for the price of one and $2 draft pours at Club 609. Absolutely. Next up is going to be Downtown Lube, located right here in the heart of Joplin, Missouri, on 1st and Main Street. They do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that. So be sure to visit their website at downtownlube.com for the full list of services. Also, it's not a matter of if, it is a matter of when you need your oil change and your tire service. So make sure you get that down and taken care of right here in Joplin, Missouri, at Downtown Lube. And now for my favorite part of the show, talking about some of these college football games uh, just to give you a peek behind the curtain, uh, Pitt and West Virginia about to go to half mm. while we're recording this. Your bet is not looking great. I mean, just that's a waste of $10. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's just, <laughs> it's gone. This is one thing you guys are going to have to learn with me. I'm going to talk about betting. I'm going to talk about doing these parlays. I'm not throwing away money. I'll throw away five, ten bucks at a time. I feel like that's a responsible way yeah. to go about it. Parlays are very exciting because you see that end reward of like, man, if this does hit, but it's just it's like so I got a hard five game to. parlay, and if it hits, I win three hundred and thirteen dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so many people get excited. Uh, how about this one? Officially, West Virginia and Pitt ten ten at halftime changes things a little bit. <laughs> hey, <Getting> closer. <laughs> only thirty points to go. Yep. Um, with the parlays, like people get so excited, like man, I hit four out of five legs on my parlay. Yeah, you still lost, though, man. <laughs> That's the thing about them is that you can get close on a parlay. I don't I think just, anyone's ever lost a parlay like 0-4. Like, I didn't hit on any leg of my parlay. And here's the thing is when we did this in Nashville during March Madness, I, there was just – or not March Madness, excuse me. It was like uh, all like the, the conference, conference tournaments and yeah. stuff like that. I was getting so close. I would do like a three- or four-game parlay, and I was like, oh. This guy just hit a free throw. I get the over, and I hit it. And that's what you told me. I was like, yeah, but you didn't win. I was like, yeah, but Melo, I got close. Uh-huh, like, right. listen, dog, I know what I'm talking count. about. And you're over here like, yeah, I bet all the unders, and I hit them. And I'm like, damn, damn it. it not to brag on myself because I'm not like a, a good better. I, I don't do it a lot. But even I was just betting on individual games, and mm-hmm. I was having some success. Yep. I mean, I got to a point where I was up 50 bucks on $5 bets at a <laughs> Look time. Out. I started with 10 Look and out. I got I was up 50, you know, what I mean, at 16 in the account, and I was like, 
Big yeah. money, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Big money, big country. What's up? Here uh-huh. we go. Let's have some party. Hey, that's boys. a nice dinner. It, yeah. Don't have too many drinks. No, Make you, sure you have, you have two hour. drinks, you're over it. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Including the dinner. Oh, Depends for on where sure. we go. That's why you have to go to Club 6 and 9 and hit the two-for-one special on those drinks. But I, honestly, if you go anywhere, and like maybe it's inflation. Maybe it's just being an adult and not going to like Applebee's all the mm-hmm. time. If you go anywhere <laughs> and have a nice dinner and two drinks, you're sitting at 40 bucks. Oh, and you do that on a date and you got to throw in a tip easily a hundred dollars mm-hmm. and you're just like oh. and you can't sit there and you can't like sigh but god damn like when they're looking at the check because it's like mm, just run the card <laughs> oh this guy is poor <laughs> hope that comes back <laughs> oh mister doesn't have eighty dollars to go on a first <laughs> yeah. date yeah not every time you know how many first dates i've been on this month woman jesus <laughs> it's hard out there yeah. <laughs> just wear your cowboy hat it helps uh, we I do hear. have a lot of good games tonight. You bet the over-under on the pit West Virginia game. That one's happening as we're recording this one. Uh, but I did want to talk about it and give our picks on it. I, I do think that Pitt will win this game. So people can listen. Uh, if you're listening on Friday, see how it happens. I think West Virginia is becoming one of those schools that gets a little bit overrated because people think they're cool. Like they've got some pretty cool uniforms. They've got some pretty cool traditions that doesn't always equate to wins. As a matter of fact, tradition would tell us it doesn't. Because, like, <laughs> Penn State, cool traditions, uniforms, not a lot of great wins. Yeah. Texas, cool uniforms, cool traditions, not a lot of wins. <laughs> Virginia Tech, the cool walkout music, not a lot of wins. You look at Alabama, they're just like, hey, crowd will figure out traditions. We're yeah. just walking uh, out of the freaking... We have lights on our stadium. Yeah. <laughs> We're walking out of the tunnel here. We're just going to, with numbers on the side of our helmets, so you can see who's about to just yeah. rock your freaking world. <laughs> Most of the people who are even college football fans don't even know why their mascot is the Crimson Tide. I still don't. I still don't understand why it's a freaking elephant. I The Do elephant, you? I think they just gave it like a an animal like hey we need an animal how about an elephant or maybe there's some bigger meaning for that one i believe the crimson tide came from them wearing red socks and um playing on a wet field and a like a newspaper writer being like here come the crimson tide and that's why they're because it's not even like that part of Alabama that's on a beach. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, but I, I believe that's the story. So what, I don't, what is, does tide mean socks in it? What is that? Yeah, like the wet field of the, the tide and um, being red on the field, crimson hmm. tide. Got it. It's not great, and then you throw in an elephant. But I did see, again, I'm, just, I'm on the talk. I saw TikTok making fun of Auburn this week. And it was, uh, it was like one of those guys who he plays all three characters – He's like, let's have a meeting. Let's have a mascot. And they're like, all right, cool. What Alabama do? He's like, I don't know, like some weird Crimson Tide thing. And they're using an elephant or whatever. He's like, well, we need something cool like a, a lion or a bear or a tiger. I'm like, yeah, we're the Auburn Tigers. It's like, all right, cool. Meeting adjourned. Like, we got it. We figured it out. And the other dude's like, wait, but we have an eagle too. It's like, what? It's like, yeah, we're going to have an eagle at our field. It's like, so we're the Auburn Eagles? No, we're still the Auburn Tigers. But we have an eagle that just will fly in the stadium. <laughs> and then when we see everybody, we're going to say war eagle. It's like, oh, okay, cool. That's awesome. We're still the Tigers, though? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's like, so Alabama and the Crimson Tide is pretty messed up. 
But at least you're not the Tigers and going around shouting War Eagle at everybody. And, like, everyone just blatantly accepts it. Like, yep, that's fine. That's just how they've always been. That's (laughs) just Auburn. Imagine being the Texas Longhorns and then being like, yeah, but we have an alligator that is living in the stadium. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty cool. Here's the chomp. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, cool. I thought you guys were, like, some bulls or cows. Yeah, we are. But, you know, watch out for all... Austin the alligator, he's just roaming around <laughs> out there. We have a moat for him. It's just great. It's, it's fantastic. So college football is just weird at times. Uh, betting on this game, I, I do think that Pitt is going to win it. Um, they were favored by seven and a half. Looks like that one is going to be pretty close. But I, I did pick Pitt to win this one. I, I kind of root for him, too. Not to hate on West Virginia. It's just... Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I have too many followers that are from there. It just—it feels like they're getting a little bit overrated. Like they're the unranked team that, mm-hmm. with a shitty quarterback. Yeah, I mean this Pitt versus West Virginia—it's the matchup of two former USC quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I made that joke, I think, earlier before the show to you today, and it's just like, ah, you know, like there's a reason. They're the they both started out playing pretty well, but yeah, yeah, there's a reason why they're not at USC anymore. Yep, and uh, you what know, a revolving another- door there. Yeah, JT Daniels. Keaton yes. Slovis, uh, Jackson Dart. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Caleb Williams, where are we at here? Yeah, we'll see how he does this. Maybe he'll transfer again. JT Daniels' stat line doesn't look too bad. He's 14 of 20, but he's only thrown for 106 yards. Like They're not even throwing the ball downfield. And the and game knows, has just been you know, so sloppy. Maybe we end the show and we get to the second half, and they both just go off, and it turns mm-hmm. into just you know a big old throwing duel, and there's a ton of points scored, and I go to bed happy. Another game that is uh, currently taking place is Purdue and Penn State. Um, And not to cheat this one, I am picking Purdue to win this game. Mm. And I'm not a big believer in Penn State. Right now, the second quarter just started. Purdue is up by three. They were not uh, the betting favorite in this one. Penn State was, I was trying to look it up by how much, by three and a half. Penn State favored by three and a half. I would have taken that one. I didn't have time to drive to Kansas today to place my actual legal bet. But I, I think that Purdue's going to win that football game. Yeah, I mean, they're over-unders at 53.5. Currently 3-0 at the start of the second. I thought that one would be a little bit higher scoring. Yeah. You know, maybe I should have just known better that the start of the season, any type of tough matchup, you're not one to make mistakes. Or you're not going to want to make mistakes. Well, and I'll tell you. You're making a ton of mistakes. Early on in the season... The I believe, again, I'm not a great better, and I don't look at a lot of trends, but early on in the season, a lot of those unders hit. Well, These teams come out playing a little bit sloppy, and that's I what should we're have. I knew I should have messaged you my bets before I did it, just to hear your thoughts on the over-unders. Yeah, I didn't look at a lot of over-unders. For some reason, today. I feel more comfortable doing that than I do actually taking like the spread of games. Mm-hmm. I don't know the why. The spreads because are set I feel- so accurately. I They're just so feel like good. the over-unders are almost just as accurate, but almost more mm-hmm. heartbreaking. Yeah. Because you're just waiting for someone to score, and it's like, oh, my God, stop playing defense for a second. Yeah. The over-under is easy to root for. Like, the over is, is exciting to root for. I mean, that's, and that's not my take, like my original take. But, you know, it's just you want to see a lot of points scored, especially if you don't have a rooting interest of, like, no, I don't want my defense to allow points or whatever. It's fun. Like, mm-hmm. back when the Chiefs and Rams played, that was one of the most fun games I've ever watched. And it was like, what, 56 to 60 or something. Yep. Stupid, like that. Um, but those are the two games that are going on tonight. And I will say another guy that I, I am kind of watching tonight is Purdue quarterback Aiden O'Connell. A lot of people think that he can be something special. 
we'll see. He's getting an early test here at Penn State. Uh, but Saturday's games is when the fun really starts and a great slate of games. So uh, I would recommend you waking up early, getting your chores done, make your Home Depot runs, <laughs> and then honker in and just watch these games. Uh, number 11, Oregon, versus number 3, Georgia. This one in Atlanta for the Chick-fil-A kickoff. Uh, I think this one is a, a no-brainer. I, I think it's Georgia all the way. Yeah, I am not a big believer in what Oregon has this year. We talked about the Pac-12 a little bit, and I don't even think I mentioned them. Like the USC, I, I think they're going to be pretty good. Uh, I think Utah is going to be pretty good. I'm just not a believer in Bo Nix and what he's going to do. Georgia favored by 17 points in this game. I think I would take the spread. Really? I think they'll cover 17 You don't think points. we get a beginning of the year Bo Nix magic? I feel like that's what we used to get at Auburn. That is scary. I, so I it's do like think that you're going to have one big game where everyone's like, ooh, Bo Nix in, in Oregon, look Bo out. Bo Nix could come out and throw three touchdowns, but also two costly interceptions. <laughs> or like... Three touchdowns, one interception, and a fumble that loses it or that clinches it for Georgia. Mm-hmm. So he, he could. I, I could definitely see that. But I think that Georgia defense is still going to be very good. And they're very young on offense, but they're still good. This is a team that is reloading with four and five stars. Mm-hmm. So guys that were buried on the depth chart, but very good players on that depth chart. And that's what I wanted to ask you about Georgia was – was one, their defense, do you think it's going to be as tenacious as it was last year? And then who on offense is going to step up and take over? Because you lose George Pickens as a receiver. You lay, you lose James Cook as a running back. Zamir White as a running back, correct? He was at Georgia. Yep. You, lo- you lose those two guys. Who is the next guy to step up for Georgia on this offense that we're mm-hmm. going to be like, okay, here we go? At receiver, Karis Jackson has been a player for them for a while. He's a redshirt senior. He's been there, and he's he's had some big plays. Um, Mitchell, number five, is a young receiver who is another one of those big-time recruits. So it's like, all right, now all these guys are going. I got my opportunity to play. Uh, but they are loaded at tight end. They, they literally have three, and I, I say maybe four guys that I think are going to play in the NFL at tight end. Just Almost. on yep, just on this roster, we're going uh, four wide at tight end. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, I would not be surprised to see some of these guys split out li- wide. Last year, Brock Bowers, their freshman tight end, came on the scene, looked very good. I think he's going to be an NFL player. Uh, Darnell Washington is a huge tight end that's been there for a, a while. I think he's going to be a guy that's in the NFL, maybe not a top pick, but a, a later round pick who sticks in the NFL. And Eric Gilbert was like a freshman All-American at LSU. Transferred, couldn't get eligible. I think it was due to grades. Sounds like he's going to be eligible this year. He is a guy that they actually listed him on the roster last year as a wide receiver. So I, I, th- I would not be surprised to see Brock Bowers and Eric Gilbert split out wide. And then they added another freshman who is like one of the top tight ends in the nation. Uh, Oscar um, Delp mm-hmm. is, just, is another player who went off and he's, he's like tied in four right now for a really good team. And so I, I think that he might be that fourth tight end that could eventually end up playing in the league. And maybe he doesn't get his opportunity this year, but they do still have a lot of playmakers. Kenny McIntosh at running back's been there for a while. The offensive line is still very good. So I'm, I'm not too worried about Georgia. I, I do think they can cover in this game. There we go. Next matchup, though, number 23, Cincinnati playing at Arkansas, currently ranked 19, 
What are you looking forward to the most about this matchup on Saturday? Seeing how Cincinnati rebounds from losing everyone on their <laughs> roster. It's yeah. going to be interesting. I was looking at their depth chart earlier tonight. It's like, man, I don't even know who this, this guy is. It's like he's a transfer guy. But at the same time, I thought, like, I thought he was on Cincinnati's roster all along. This dude was at Cincinnati. Ben Bryant was at Cincinnati. Transferred last year. Snip, snap, snip, snap. Transferred back. He left, and now he's back <laughs> at Cincinnati. It really messed with my mind earlier today, but they lost so much talent. Oh, yeah. I think the they're issue. going to get run by Arkansas this weekend. I mean, honestly, as they should, because like it's at Arkansas. Mm-hmm. That stadium is going to be so freaking loud. And I think Cincinnati is one of those deals where like, if you're playing them with the team that you had last year, it's a different story. Yeah. This year, you got a lot of Arkansas guys coming in. Arkansas brings back a lot, too. You're, you know, you're bringing in a lot of first-year starters here, and you're going to go into Arkansas, and you're going to hear every single one of them hillbillies just doing that. Woo! You hear it on TV. It doesn't do it justice on what it sounds like in person mm-hmm. at a football game. It's, I got to go to the game last year. They were one of the last games of the year when they played. Have you been to Arkansas before? <laughs> it was the first game I'd ever gone to in, like at Arkansas. And I used to just make fun of them, and I still did even after the game. But then I had to kind of like pay some honest respect of like, that was actually kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Because if you get a full stadium to do that on a night game or an afternoon game, and you're the other team, and you have 70,000 people in there all going, woo, and then chanting pig suey, and then – you know, you got the weirdos that are making the hog noises or whatnot, and you hear the hog squeal over the uh, calling PA the hogs, system. baby. I mean, it is—it's honestly a little intimidating. Mm-hmm. And if I'm a first-year starter from a Cincinnati coming to fucking Bucktooth Nowhere, Arkansas, I'm a little scared. Yeah, and Arkansas returns a lot on both sides of the ball. They have one of my favorite safeties in this draft class, Jalen Catalan. Uh, he's an undersized guy, but I love the way that he plays. And I haven't done any like comparisons or comps. Mm-hmm. For these guys, yeah, but he reminds me a lot of Tyron Matthew. Wow. A lot. Just that nose for the football, plays hard on every play. Like Tyron Matthew, not this last year, the Chiefs. Like the <laughs> good Tyron Matthew. The uh, Super Bowl winning Tyron Matthew. <laughs> yeah, like at LSU, like Heisman guy. He, I don't think he's going to be a kicker and punt returner like Tyron was. But I really like Cattle on Arkansas. And for Cincinnati, they lost so much on both sides of the ball. It wasn't just Desmond Ritter. I mean, it's Desmond Ritter, Sauce Gardner, Sanders, Cook. Like, there's so many guys. Alec Pierce. Like, they lost, like, I think, six or seven guys yeah. to, just to the NFL and then graduated some more. The spread on that one, six and a half. I'll take six and a half for Arkansas. Oh, I, absolutely. I just don't think it's close. I, I love Luke Fickle. I think he's a great coach. I don't think this is Cincinnati's year. So, sorry about you, boys. Arkansas is going to be tough. Uh, another one that I glanced over because just peeked behind the curtain again, the way that I find these games is I'll look at like the top 25 matchups. Mm-hmm. And I was just scrolling through the home column. I glossed right over Florida, who is an unranked team. But Utah traveling to Florida this weekend, that's going to be a really good one. That's a, the 6 o'clock kickoff on ESPN. Florida's got a lot of talent on that team. And it's, it's kind of wild to see that number 7 next to Utah's name and not Florida's, I think, I think Utah can win this game. Yeah, they're favored by three. I Fa- took them in my parlay. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a little nervous about it. Florida is a tough place to play. It always has been. I do think that it's a little bit overrated on how tough it is to play there. Maybe in its heyday when like Spurrier was there or the Urban Meyer years. Tim Tebow, it was tough. Yeah. You know, 
now I think it's still a hard place to play, but it's not like this, you know, lock down the swamp. Nobody comes in here. You're not intimidated by anybody. You're not intimidated by being run over by Tim Tebow or, you know, getting murdered by a tight end or, you know, twin brothers that are playing on the offensive line for Florida. Literally murdered uh, by people. I I do think that the travel to the East Coast is going to be tough. The humidity as well, because there's none of that in Utah. And I did hear that they tried to make that happen in their indoor practice facility over the last couple of weeks. Ooh, I didn't know that miserable. was a possibility, but my buddy Justin Treese is a huge Utah fan, lives there, lives and dies by the Utah Utes as well. I mean, just he's at Florida at this game, so I'm excited to see how it goes. But for me, watching this game, I want to see how Cam Rising does as a starting quarterback to start the year because mm-hmm. he didn't start it last year. He was not the starting quarterback there. He eventually took over midway through, I believe, third or fourth week into the season and then I think he like lost the job and then got it back at some point and then we saw them make that deep push there in the Rose Bowl game against Ohio State where they almost won but for me that's at least the guy that I'm watching right here for Utah against this Florida State. Cam Rising is such a weird prospect I think that if his uniform looked better we would be higher on him or if he was playing for Texas where he originally went before he transferred to Utah I don't think that's an issue but I do think the fact that he just looks like a giant dork out there Actually hurts his draft status. He looks like a uh, like his pads don't fit him well. His jersey doesn't fit his pads well. Uh, He's got a weird face mask. No drip. He's a dorkier Gardner Minshew. Yeah, like how do you be a dorkier version of that? Like Gardner Minshew still has like some swag and coolness to him. Yeah, he's got like the pirate rising. mustache. Yeah, yeah. I I do find myself rooting for Cam Rising because I remember when he was recruited to Texas, and I do find myself rooting for Utah. I do think this is going to be a very close game. I think I'm going to take Utah. I'm not betting my money on this one uh, because Florida does have some really exciting players too. Anthony Richardson, their quarterback at Florida, a lot of people think that he can be a top draft prospect. And, and you know, another year working there and now being the guy at Florida, it might. It might work for him. Last year he was competing with Emory Jones a lot. So they've still got a couple decent playmakers there. We'll see how he does. He He could be... Special, so uh, him against that Utah defense. Whittingham always has a tough defense. They've got a very good corner. I think his name's Cam Phillips. That'll be an interesting watch up, uh, matchup to watch. But the the best game of the weekend, maybe the best game of the weekend. Number five Notre Dame versus number two Ohio State. Uh, the spread on this one is hefty. Uh, I tell you, Ohio State is just going to be good this year. And I saw even Marcus Freeman. They told him this week what the spread was. Mm-hmm. He was like, 17? That's the spread? Okay, good. Like, you know he's putting it on the bulletin board. Yeah, he even, I mean, he wrote it down right there live at the press conference. He was like, <laughs> you said 17, 17 and a half? And he's like, all right, good. Thank you. Yep. Well, that was one thing I guess I never realized, that coaches are looking at the spreads. Oh, it just pisses you off to be like, that's how much you think we're going to get beat by? <laughs> like, we're the number five ranked team in the country, and you think we're going to get beat by that much? Yeah, sorry, Coach Freeman. You're going to get your ass I'm, Yeah, until I, <laughs> until I see it, I am not going to believe it because I I'm really looking like at Ohio Marcus State. Freeman. I'm, I almost want to say Ohio State wins the national championship this year. I would not That's be how confident I feel about all. Ohio State this last year, or this yeah. season. I know it, last year I said they were going to lose to Michigan. Let me say it. I was correct. I'm going to pat myself on the back with that one until probably the day that I die because I called the one year that it happened out of 13 years. Ohio it, State, though, win the national Ohio championship. Ohio State is one of those teams that it's like – Something will go wrong within their season. Like things will look like they're rolling great, and then you get beat by Oregon in week two. So like, I wouldn't be surprised if Notre Dame wins this game just because 
I'm a believer in Marcus Freeman. I think he's going to be a fantastic coach. I remember him when he was a player at Ohio State. I loved him then. So I'm a little bit biased. But I just don't think that Notre Dame has the dudes to compete in Columbus against Ohio State. They're just they're too good. I, Notre Dame might be able to cover, but it, I think it would be a, a tight cover. Yeah. I would probably take Ohio State to win and cover the spread of 17. Over under at 59? I might take the over two just because I think Ohio State can put up 40 points on them. If you are Notre Dame, like, and I know like you, you know the uber competitiveness of a player, like you don't think you're going to get beat by 17 points, but if you lose by like 10 points, are you walking out of there feeling a little bit happy? No. Like, you never want to deal with a loss, right? You never want to have a loss, but at least maybe I shouldn't say the players. Like, even you the don't coaches. get moral victories at Notre Dame. Okay. You, you win or you're pissed. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is, it's going to be tougher. I mean, you even saw the way Marcus Freeman was like 17 points. Are you kidding me? Um, but a lot of good matchups in that one, too. Notre Dame has a pass rusher, and Ohio State has a right tackle. Those two get matched up with each other. I think his name's Foskey and Dewan Jones, who's a massive individual. That's going to be a really good matchup, especially for NFL draft fans, because a lot of people are very high on Dewan Jones so far. I think he's another one of those guys that if he were six foot four, three hundred and ten pounds, we'd be like, eh, he's a decent college player. Yep. But he's not. He's like six foot nine, three hundred and fifty pounds. So everybody's like, oh my god, watch this guy. Um, watch Mackay Becton play on Sundays. Oh wait, you can't. Ooh, I was gonna say, I was like, hey man, he's <laughs> too soon. Uh, <laughs> that was so the joke. Uh, sometimes these guys just get a little overrated. And then Brandon Joseph was a player with Northwestern a couple years ago. Now plays safety for Notre Dame. That's going to be an interesting one to watch, see how they play him. I don't know if he's going to play that same role um, that Hamilton played, but I mean, if he does, he's an exciting safety. Going against these Ohio State receivers and C.J. Stroud, Travion Henderson, there's a lot of opportunity and good players to watch in this game. Yeah, and I mean the people that I'm looking – I shouldn't say people, the players that I'm looking forward to watch the most in this game with – with Ohio State is going to be Marvin Harrison Jr., the receiver, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. I just absolutely love those guys. I started to become a fan of theirs last year. You watch a Rose Bowl game, and you're just like, good God, both these guys are just tearing it up. And then C.J. Stroud, I don't know why, but for some reason I was just like, ah, just maybe it's because I wanted to see Quinn Ewers take over the job, so I was just like, hey, yeah, it's not going to happen with C.J. Stroud. Like, it's Quinn Ewers. Like, mentally, that's just what I was thinking. I knew absolutely nothing about C.J. Stroud. After watching him play several times last year, I'm a big fan of that kid. Like, I might as well just be a closet Ohio State fan this season. C.J. Stroud, just... for me, I've always liked him. And because, and it's one of those, like, I was right things. I don't remember if it was a tweet or if I'd written, like, some kind of an article mm-hmm. or something. And I said, like, C.J. Stroud is most likely going to win the quarterback job. It was an article I read. It. And I had a couple people, like, either comment on it or, like, send it to me and be like, C.J. Stroud ain't it. Like, it's going to be mm-hmm. yours or saw, somebody else. Yeah. I'm like, no, like... I, I actually got some people telling me on this one that it's going to be <laughs> C.J. Stroud. Like, I don't know what your message board is saying. Like, I'm not afraid to admit it. Like, yeah, I can be wrong on some mm-hmm. things. But that was one of them was like, no, I think C.J. Stroud is kind of – he's the dude. Yep. These other quarterbacks, they might be good, but C.J. Stroud's going to start for them. And he did. So I, I do find myself rooting for him. Even last year, I think we were driving up to Kansas City. And uh, definitely not watching this game on a phone while we were driving. Mm-hmm. But it was we were watching the Ohio State-Oregon game. And I was, like, upset that he was struggling. It's like, damn, yes. like, 
maybe I was wrong about him, but he, he was still one threw of those for guys 400 yards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I do find myself rooting for him. Marvin Harrison Jr., I kind of hope he lives up to the hype as well. Uh, a lot of good players. Uh, Paris Johnson, the left tackle mm-hmm. for Ohio State, he's another one that he could be the top tackle in the strap. The problem is a lot of the names that we've said are all on offense. Yeah. Not a lot of names on the Ohio State defense <laughs> yet, but they're young. Uh, they've got some guys there, too. They've been recruiting that side of the ball well. So uh, very just excited to finally get some answers of like, all right, these guys are good. Or just to see it. So uh, have a great weekend watching football. I know big country and I will, but that's it for us tonight. And, hey, guess what? Another touchdown for West Virginia, seventeen to ten. We're getting closer. Hey, it's gonna be it's gonna be an electric second half of football. <laughs> Keep an eye on that parlay, boys. Right, yeah, and uh, happy betting to you guys out there too, because I'm sure that once football season starts, we'll all be doing that. But we appreciate you guys listening to us today. Uh, we'll be back at it on Sunday evening, and that time uh, we are going to break down the NFL. Uh, do a little bit of our preview there with the NFL season one week away from tonight. But we appreciate you guys listening tonight. We'll talk to you later.